So when I started nursing, I wasn't really taking my weightlifting that seriously. So it wasn't something that ever came into like my mind. Like I only started lifting towards the end of my uni experience and it was just a bit of fun then. So it was only when I first started work when my weightlifting started to kind of ramp up a wee bit. So I kind of had to start learning how to juggle it all very quickly. And I was not very good at it. The whole just, I was just tired all the time, like having to do 12 hour shifts and they very quickly were becoming my rest days having to go training after night shift like it was like hard and I was starting to get to the point I was either going to pick up a bad injury because I was so tired or I was going to go into work and make a really bad mistake because I was so tired so that kind of pushed me to make the decision to step away from full-time nursing for a bit just to allow myself to it was more for the build-up to commonwealth you know weightlifting's for me quite a temporary thing whereas nursing is always going to be there Hey everyone, this is Dr. Josh Williamson and you're listening to episode 7 of the Complete Performance Podcast. More than ever, people are struggling with poor energy, suboptimal health and are wanting to perform at their best for everything they want to achieve in their life. Today I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Hannah Crimble. Hannah is a competitive Olympic weightlifter who is recently off the back of the Commonwealth and European Games and is currently in prep for the Worlds now in December. On this episode, we talk about Hannah's experience around balancing a hectic training schedule while working full-time as a nurse and all of the other commitments and challenges that life brings. So please help me in welcoming this week's guest, Hannah Crimble. Hey Anna, how's it going? Thanks very much for Hello. giving up your time today. Not a problem at all, thanks for having me. Not a problem. How's everything going with you? Um, yeah, things are going much better than they were and um, finally getting back on track with life and lifting so it's looking up much happier yeah life and lifting sounds good <laughs> um, you had a couple of, you had a busy busy year of competing and you're able to spend some time then abroad recently how is it how did it feel just to get some downtime um it was good actually i think it was a very well timed trip away because the people had warned me to come down after big competitions you know it's quite difficult to manage and I kind of brushed it off I was like no oh, god I'll be fine whatever it doesn't really matter but the week before I left to go on holiday you do get this massive come down like I was like I don't know what to do with myself do I go train what am I training for I'm going on holiday like it was awful so it was good that I was able to go away and just completely I didn't do any training whilst I was away like I just completely forgot about weightlifting enjoyed time with my best friend and was just able to completely reset mentally and came back and I actually came back with no niggles as well so it was clearly what my body needed that was just over three weeks maybe longest I've ever taken away from training so I think it was needed it was a long time though yeah I think it is that's one of the things that you don't realize and you know we were just chatting about everything that goes into something like the commonwealth it's not just the competing and, and that mm-hmm. aspect it's you know the whole market and advertising and the happy village and everything else and it's just it's such a climax and at the end of it's like well now what am i training for yeah there was even like in the whole run-up to it everyone it's all you talked about like yeah. everyone's always asking like how are you feeling for commonwealth blah 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 and then once it was finished like for a wee while it was like oh well done at commonwealth and then it's just kind of nothing <laughs> you're just like what do i do now like you almost feel like you've lost a bit of like your identity you should like yeah. who am i <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but as you say it was a well-needed break Mm, Um, yeah and now you're getting back into things with another big comp lined up yep slowly but surely that was another once I got back it was really hard to then get back into things like I almost think like three weeks I don't think I would do that again like to take completely away from training because it was quite hard not even like physically but mentally get back into the routine of getting up getting my breakfast going to training coming back lunch nap whatever back in for session two like it was quite hard to get back into that routine so I think three weeks is maybe just a wee bit too long but I'm back in the routine now and it's all fine yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> well, the next thing lined up it's like here we go looking yeah <laughs> um but we've had the pleasure of knowing each other now for a couple of years working together which has been fantastic how has it been over just for yourself that process of because I think when I first um got to know you it was 
we're doing a very national level competition but in the space of like a year or two it's went from that right to euros commonwealth mm-hmm. champs like how has that been yeah. that transition yeah i think actually when i first started working with you it was just like irish nationals or something i don't know what it was for but it wasn't even like the whole weight cutting side of things it was more the performance kind of because i don't think i was eating enough food or didn't feel like i was yeah. eating enough for my performance i can't really remember um and then yeah things just i think off the back of that national competition i qualified for europeans and then was but then was that the year that wasn't covid was it no this was all after covid i think yeah um and then it kind of became more into weight cutting sort of things making sure you were a godsend at europeans because i don't know what i would have done with (laughs) all that albanian food (laughs) i was like i i don't know what to be at <laughs> um but no it's been it's been great it's been very interesting to like learn how to feel your body and even just like timings of eating foods what kind of foods like it's not all fruits and vegetables plain rice like what you think it's going to be it's like no have your squares bars have your chocolate like it's all balanced so it's been very very interesting good good glad to hear it mm. How have you found your own approach to, I guess, just daily life and training and all of that stuff while moving through that progression of national? I love that I say, like, just nationals, but that's yeah. like a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> moving from nationals right up to, you know, Commonwealth level, how have you just personally dealt with that? Um, I, I kind of fell into sort of like what I needed to be doing quite naturally, I think. I think I'm just a very self-motivated dedicate person Mm. so I think when I set my like sights on something it's like this is a goal I want to achieve yeah I kind of can fall into the routine of what I need to be doing quite easily and I do like all my friends and family were very into it as well so I didn't have that many you know distractions outside of what I wanted to be doing anyway so like I knew, you know, calorie wise, everything, what I needed to be hitting. I knew training wise, what I needed to be doing. Yeah. And I was just able to kind of, once I get a routine going, like I thrive off routine. So once I kind of get my Monday to Friday weekends, sort of the routine, I just, I almost go into like autopilot and just yeah. do it. Like excel into it quite easily, I think. Yeah. I think having that, that end goal the out the you know outcome to aim towards while having that routine and that real support mm. network around you really helps with things doesn't it yeah I think I've always been quite like a what is it like a goal driven person I'm trying to kind of step away from that because I think that's why I had such a come down after commonwealth like I think it has its pros and cons um I'm trying to just you know just constantly wanting to progress and get better even if there's not this end goal in sight but I definitely am when I know there's like a certain competition coming up, I find it a lot easier to keep myself motivated and get going and whatnot. That's it. Being very goal driven is okay when there's a goal in sight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you all of a sudden don't have that goal, it's quite challenging. Yeah. You know, I can totally get that. If we take a step back a little bit, Hannah, your background was gymnastics. So how did the Olympic weightlifting come about then? Um, kind of <laughs> disappeared. So I did gymnastics for 10 years um, and just sort of like grew out of the sport. Yeah. I kind of had done it, was never going to, you know, get to that next level. And just, you know, I was, what, 16, 17, friends were starting to go out, just decided this wasn't for me anymore. And I was just going to pure gym and things because I had all this like free time. So I would have been training like 24 hours plus a week. So I just I had all this time. So I started going to pure gym. Didn't have a clue what I was at. And then it was when CrossFit was starting to become like a thing. And a lot of my friends were doing CrossFit. And I was like quite shy. So I don't know if I could do that. That looks very hard. Like gymnastics, very different to CrossFit. I know there's gymnastics movements, but they're not gymnastics movements yeah. within like the actual sport of gymnastics. But I finally, after... I must have him and had about it for about six months and then joined CrossFit and just completely fell in love with it. Like it was amazing, but it was actually then a girl I was doing CrossFit with wanted to go to a weightlifting gym, mm. but she didn't want to go to it on her own. 
so I decided to go with her for her first day had no intentions to stay and it was more just yeah I'll go with you for your first day you can get settled in I'm way back to CrossFit and never left (laughs) (laughs) just completely fell into it but I didn't even know like I didn't know weightlifting was like its own sport like I had never really seen it on tv or like anything like I just thought it was something people did to get their lifting better for crossfit like I didn't really have any sort of idea until I went to this weightlifting gym and like my coach at the time was like would you be interested in doing competitions like you're quite naturally good at this and I was kind of like I don't know I've just stepped away from such a competitive sport I quite like not having that competition pressure but gave in and then just caught the bug (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 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 a strange one because as you said like it is such a niche sport that even people who are in sort of health and fitness still don't really recognize that Mm. it's or don't even just realize that it's an actual sport itself you know they do think it's very much crossfit orientated Mm -hmm. but it's interesting because especially when you're coming from like a gymnastics background and and being a a female you would think that you'd have that sort of you know preconceived idea that well weights is going to lead to big bulky physiques and that and yet you just went to one session it's like right this is it i find it i'm never leaving what what was it about it do you think that when you were happy to get settled into it um i don't actually really know what like the one thing was i think i just enjoyed it like it was just fun i liked the constant you know you hit a pb you just want to go again it's not like you just hit this number and that's that yeah. like you just constantly want to keep going and getting heavier and like i think the whole i'm quite a perfectionist to so the whole like technical side of it like i always want my lifts to look good so even if i pb but it's like not that nice looking i'm annoyed about that so yes i've maybe just hit a five kilo pb but i'm like oh but look how ugly that is like yeah. my technique was shocking there so i, I quite like the whole technical side and having to work hard on that mm. and then obviously as your technique gets better your lifts get heavier so yeah it was hand in hand <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's the real interesting part about the sport that you know being strong and powerful will only get you so far and on some days you can go to the gym and, and have all that strength but mm-hmm. the the actual skill element to the technical element isn't there and it, it, it can be really frustrating yeah I think that actually happened to me when I first started so when I came from CrossFit you do like you get taught the lifts in CrossFit but you're not in like the detail with the, the technique yeah. um so when I moved to this weightlifting gym my coach actually said to me it's like you're able to lift what you can because you're so powerful because I obviously brought my power and I actually wasn't really that strong but just the power from gymnastics yeah. I was able to just kind of move around the bar and just wing it up there I guess um, but he was like you've kind of got to your point now where we need to start you know drilling your technique getting a wee bit of strength behind you if you want to lift heavier so yeah I definitely did face that you know the power is only going to get you so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, and you see it all the time like you see people who I know people who are you know a good 40 or 50 kilos lighter than me and they can lift more more than I can I think yeah. it is that explosive power, but it's so much technique as well, isn't it? Yeah, you have to be able to use your power and, you know, move it in the right direction. Like, mm. you could be so powerful, but if your technique's wrong and you're throwing the bar, like, in front or behind, yeah. you're not going to make the lift. Like, you need to be, you know, you need to have the technique and be able to stay disciplined with the technique so your power's going in the right place as well. Yeah, and I would say you're probably at the stage now, Hannah, where you know your body and you know your lifts inside out of this stage that if you are slightly a forward or ahead you mm-hmm. know the way where you went wrong yeah I almost not so much in the cleaning jerks but snatches like as soon as the, the weights leave the floor I almost know if I've got it or not like I can tell until you're at like up at the top top ends but if I'm like in my middle percentages yeah. I can I can tell if I'm if the lift's going to be made or not when it <laughs> just leaves the floor <laughs> yeah see when you're coming from the likes of gymnastics and you're doing because I've done a bit of work with that grassroots level or Olympic gymnastic track mm-hmm. athlete and they like the hour they train you know three or four hours a day and then weekends it tends to be like six hour sessions yeah um, and then even now yourself you're doing a lot of double sessions what what does your daily routine look like at the minute and how do you sort of balance that with everything that goes into life 
Um, well, when I think back to my gymnastics days, I don't know. I think because I was just younger, I just you just go. Like I was having dinner in the car during like your longer sessions, maybe a banana halfway mm. through. Like there was not an awful lot going on. So I don't really know now how I did that, but I'm much better at it now, thankfully. <laughs> uh, so with my weightlifting and my double days, I'll get up at about eight-ish. Mm. Um, get up, get my breakfast, which is oats most of the time, sometimes bagels, eggs, like just whatever I fancy, really. And then nip off to the gym for about 10, half 10. And all my sessions are about two hours, two and a half hours, depending just how quick I'm going, who I'm chatting to, those things. <laughs> um, and then I'll get back, have lunch, and then try to get my other session in if it's a double day around half three, four ish and then back for dinner. But I always um, bring squares bar, always got the squares bar and a banana with me. Um, sometimes I won't have them, sometimes I will. It just depends what my training is, like how I'm feeling that day. Cause there's just some days you're hungry and some days you're just not and you feel grand. Yeah. Um, but I will always have them with me regardless, just in case. Um, <laughs> Apart from that, like I wouldn't be too big into like protein shakes and things like that. Like I, I do have protein for days that I maybe haven't eaten enough protein or if I'm not coming straight home to have like lunch, dinner. I like to bring a protein shake with me just so I know it's there. Um, and that's usually when I get my creatine in as well. I'm the worst for remembering to take my creatine. So bad. I haven't taken it in ages. But when I'm having a protein shake, it's always in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's the worst even i try and leave them out on the countertop and still mm. sometimes just forget it i'm just always in a rush i don't know why i just i'm always when i'm going to train and i'm always rushing out the door and you're about halfway to the gym and you just remember i forgot to lift my shaker i forgot to bring my creatine <laughs> like it's all it's just on the bottom of my list for some reason i've no idea why because i noticed such a big like difference when i take my creatine <laughs> No, it's hard it just seems like it's always controlled chaos isn't it like you're just trying mm -hmm. to be somewhere all the time and those be small things that we miss that we know are good for us we just we forget all the times yeah i think especially i've noticed since i decided to like take my training a wee bit more seriously it's even you need to be disciplined around like your rest as well which is something i maybe struggled with a wee bit like yes okay you technically have all this more like free time in between your sessions but that's for you to go home eat your lunch like relax nap if you need to maybe stretch roll out it's not go see your friends go I don't know do your shopping like things like that like yeah I needed to learn that as well like it's there's a lot more that goes into it yeah well if you're training twice a day and you're pushing that body that hard then at the same time you have to also fuel that body the same way and recover as well mm -hmm. yeah and definitely it's a hard one to balance especially especially when we're brought up in in such a you know sort of health and fitness society that sort of glorifies working hard and that yeah and to be told that you also need to recover hard as well <laughs> it's not all that time in the day like yeah. you work hard in the gym and then you gotta yeah get home eat bed go to sleep <laughs> and just repeat it all the next day <laughs> yeah but it's actually a very it's talking to a few people like it is actually quite a lonely sport as well because it's obviously an individual sport and where like I am there's not really any other lifters up near me that I can like even train with like I wouldn't necessarily say I've got like a training partner as such so like there's many a time I'm in the gym by myself training come home I'm eating lunch by myself in for second second session home dinner sleep like mm. it can get quite lonely but you just have to remind yourself of like your goals and why you're doing it and yeah yeah that's I was actually going to ask you about that because you know I came from an individual sport myself and it can get it can feel quite isolating especially mm -hmm. when most of your sessions are going to be on your own and when the weather's like it is today dragging yourself out of bed to get to the gym and it's cold and you've got this session to do and i think i would probably be right in saying that just with weightlifting that even if you do have someone in the gym with you 
they're probably not going to be lifting the same or they're going to have the same session. So it is very much on your own, isn't it? Yeah, I have noticed um, quite a positive change when I decided to move to Boundary mm. to train in like a CrossFit gym. There was a wee bit of teething problems just getting used to, because obviously CrossFitters don't really know like the weightlifting etiquette and, you know, not walking in front of people, blah, blah, blah. But you just, you kind of just learn to adapt to that. But it just means there's always someone in the gym, even like during the day, if I go, there might not necessarily be a class on, but there's always a coach there. So like there's just somebody there. And then, I don't know, it, it does make a difference. I do like just having other people in the gym. Like there are some days I'm like, nope, I need to go to the gym and be the only person in the gym. And like there, I do have options to do that. But it is nice just being able to chat to people as, <laughs> as well, just about anything. Just Yeah, just life. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I think you sort of touched on it earlier about having that you know athlete identity so much and i was talking to people this week that you know athletes are very easy to coach because for their whole life they've been told here's what to mm-hmm. do after school you go training and it's very straightforward but when something happens like an injury or they leave the sport there's like this massive shift in their identity because it's been wrapped in that so so much so it's important to build relationships outside of that and have things outside your sport yeah, that's actually something I was thinking about the other day as well. I was just driving my car somewhere and it kind of creeped into my mind that I don't really, I've never not been an athlete. Like I started gymnastics when I was seven and got like very into it and very competitive. And then now I've got my weightlifting. And I do think sometimes people don't look as look at me as like Hannah. It's like I'm Hannah the weightlifter. Yeah. And it is, it, it can be quite a daunting thing sometimes to think, like who am I outside of this sport like what do I actually do like it is you can get sucked into that way like I don't know spiral of thoughts so it is important I think to keep your like you know your separate friends from your sport and things like that helps (laughs) no definitely I think the biggest thing that you say there is having that awareness of that what am I outside of being Mm -hmm. I think even sometimes it can go a step further where people when they are in social events, like if they're at a birthday or something that they feel judged because people expect them to eat like an athlete or be like an athlete and whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's important to understand for us that, well, we aren't just the athlete. There's so much more to us. And that athlete is probably the least interesting thing about us. Yeah. That does happen to me quite a lot. Like you'll be out say for dinner or whatever, and you'll be ordering your food and like, you will have people be like, Oh, can you eat that? Like, I don't know. Like, Oh, are you getting a cocktail? Like, just like, things like yeah like it's fine like <laughs> I'm still a normal like human <laughs> who likes to yeah. enjoy their food <laughs> I'm still a normal person who can just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you actually balance work because some people may or may not that you're a nurse by your your background so there's a lot of goes into that and like shift work and everything how do you actually mm-hmm. balance that with this intense training schedule that you're on so I've actually well, start from the beginning. So when I started nursing, I wasn't really taking my weightlifting that seriously. So it wasn't something that ever came into like my mind. Like I only started lifting towards the end of my uni experience and it was just a bit of fun then. So it was only when I first started work when my weightlifting started to kind of ramp up a wee bit. So I kind of had to start learning how to juggle it all very quickly. And I was not very good at it. The whole just just tired all the time like having to do 12-hour shifts and they very quickly were becoming my rest days having to go training after night shift like it was like hard and I was starting to get to the point I was either going to pick up a bad injury because I was so tired or I was going to go into work and make a really bad mistake because I was so tired so that kind of pushed me to make the decision to step away from full-time nursing for a bit just to allow myself to it was more for the build-up to commonwealth you know weightlifting's for me quite a temporary thing whereas nursing is always going to be there yeah. um so I took that step away I was still working eight to six I was still need to pay the bills I guess but I have recently just made the decision to go back to um nursing within the NHS but I'm doing slightly just hours not quite part-time but not full-time either just somewhere yeah. in the middle um but I'm hoping just with the experience that I have gained that I'll be able to manage it a wee bit better and just with like the swap of coaching and things and just how I've 
like reacted and developed on this new program I think it'll suit my shift work a lot better as well so fingers crossed it doesn't go badly again (laughs) (laughs) well that's like I remember that when we very first started working together that you were able to take some time off in the lead off to that competition Mm -hmm. I know that you've been a fan of that you know from the Commonwealth as well and picking and choosing maybe when to work but I think a lot of people forget that for many athletes and even a lot of ones here at the Commonwealth is they're still doing some kind of full-time or part-time job on top of everything else that they're doing in their sport yeah it's um I think people don't realize like how expensive the competitions actually are especially in weightlifting there's very little funding it's definitely gotten better like there's Mm starting to see a wee bit more support coming in financially but it's still so expensive and it's all self-funded the bits like your flights and things like that so like worlds for example my flights to columbia were mad like madness (laughs) it was (laughs) awful so like you don't have the choice like you have to work if it's something you want to do so like i am very much working for my weightlifting yeah which you know it's there could be there could be worse positions to be in, but I think like that's one thing that I find that a lot of people just don't think about is mm. like the cost involved of just even gym memberships or flights to training or training camps if you want to go in mm-hmm. a different group for a certain period of time or you know if you have to take time off work because you want to prep for Commonwealth, like that all costs a lot of money and yeah, room time as well, which eats into your performance and your recovery and all of that that stuff as well. Yeah, and they're all the wee things that I think make the difference in your performance. Like if you want to take it that next step, they're the sacrifices that you need to be making, like going to your training camps, taking the time off while you're prepping for competitions. But you also then need to be balancing the financial side of it. Like it's it's hard, yeah. But as you said, going through that once and being in a position like you're older now and a lot more in tune with the sport and what works well for your mm-hmm. body so this time it'll probably be a lot easier for you yeah I'm, I'm hoping like I know I'll just be able to listen to my body better and get into more of like a structured routine whereas like beforehand like training after night shift for example stupid why would I do that I don't know whereas now I would know go home sleep train that evening if I feel okay if not train during the day the next day it's not a big deal like you're going to make more progress and benefit more by doing that rather than just because your training says you have to train twice on a Thursday or whatever it may be like it's okay to change that so yeah yeah uh, it's just a line up for that flexibility yeah something I always find interesting and then you'll be able to give like a good perspective on this is obviously within gymnastics itself you know it's a very physique orientated sport and then when you move into a weight weight class sport like weightlifting what's been your experience then with uh, maybe your own body image and your relationship with food along that that journey Mm -hmm. um well yeah gymnastics is it's not so much now I don't think but back when I was doing it it it's definitely quite like a toxic place for young girls in relation to like your body image and food like there was this big drive of the smaller you are, like the better you're going to be. And you do, I don't know if people know this, but in gymnastics, part of your score is like artistry. So you, you are getting judged on how you look as well. Um, So there is, you do find that pressure to try and be not necessarily weight wise, but you just want to look smaller. Um, And then I actually find like, I just, I've always been quite like a muscly person. Like I just put on muscle quite easy. But I found then in that like period between my gymnastics and starting CrossFit, I lost all that muscle and I became quite like a slim petite girl. And I did fall into that headspace of, you know, I quite like this. I like being small. I'm no longer like the muscly friend. And I quite enjoyed that. And then when I started doing the CrossFit and the muscles were all coming back again, I did kind of have a wee moment where I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do like do this again and go through it again. But there just seems to be such a big shift now in the community and like especially in CrossFit like it's almost like it's desired the muscles are desired like all the girls you know they want to build their arms want to build their legs abs are cool like so I never really had too much of a worry then coming into weightlifting there was 
when I first started weightlifting and like the weight class sports I did still kind of have that mindset just naturally went into oh well you want to try and get into the lightest weight class you can so I was like oh well I weigh I think I weighed like 58 kilos or something at the time it's like oh well sure I'll go down to the 55s and it was my coach was like but what like why I was like well surely like the lighter I am the better and then that was kind of I had to learn that's not the case like in weightlifting it's all about you pick the weight class you're most competitive in the one you're going to lift the best in so yeah once I kind of got my head wrapped around that I think it was okay so I think it's trying to make everyone else aware of that like I always make sure I say that to like females who have started weightlifting and they want to start competing I always say to them it's like well for your first competitions you should never have to cut ever like it should be whatever you wake up and stand on them scales that's your weight class yeah. if you're close go up one like you should never have to cut and then if you want to take it a wee bit more seriously you're picking the weight class you're most competitive in like you don't want to be killing yourself because if you're having to lose anything over like five kilos you're not going to lift the same you're probably going to get injured you're going to be moody no one's going to want to talk to you like it's just not worth it that sounds like personal experience or <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> but it is, yeah it's, i think you've had like a a, a really let's say positive journey along that but mm-hmm. as you said like other girls coming into the sport may not have that same experience and mm-hmm. yeah, find it affecting their how they view their own body or even their relationship with food when it comes to doing really drastic weight cuts yeah um I think the whole like like the females will always say it's like oh but it's either they're scared they're going to get like bulky or manly or whatever and I'd actually have people ask me they'd be like how do you not get bulky and manly it's like it just doesn't happen like that's just not yeah. it's just not a thing especially when you first start like people train for years and years to get like their muscles and strength or whatever you're not going to magically have these massive arms and legs a week into doing weightlifting like it's that's not going to happen and then food wise like once I kind of got the mind shift of I'm eating for performance yeah. everything like everything changed for me it was no longer I'm eating a certain way to look a certain way it was like oh training kind of felt a wee bit rubbish last week like what did I eat okay well that clearly didn't help maybe I wasn't eating enough let's try and eat more next week like I think once I was able to shift my mind to think about it that way, food was no longer like the enemy. It was fuel yeah. and it was going to help me get better and reach my goals. Yeah, that's I always think is like a really, it's a really good thing to tell the general public because you and any other athlete who's ever came to me don't come and say, Josh, get me abs. Mm. You know, it's, we fuel your body for your performance and how your body looks in is a byproduct of that yeah i think folks and that means that it almost gives you a lot more control and power over it because in some instances if people are wanting to lose weight for example they do everything right and the scales don't shift in the direction that they think they will and then yeah. disheartened and, and give up whereas as you say if you're feeling terrible you don't have a lot of energy and you're suffering in, in the gym and you actually try and eat for performance and you're going to train better and that's going to give you better results long term Mm-hmm. no definitely I want to talk a bit about the competing aspect Hannah if that's okay because yeah. you've had a very busy year of competing mm-hmm. um, there was nationals in there there was euros commonwealth worlds how do you keep yourself focused on each of those and in control in the lead up to all those competitions um so I'm quite lucky in the sense like I've worlds here in December and I'm like I feel okay now like I'm just ticking away doing my routine like I won't really get hit with like the nerves as such until maybe the week before so I'm lucky that way like I know some people who say they'd be in my position now and they'd be so focused on it that they like there'd be no other like life allowed to happen I guess so I'm quite good at balancing the whole I'll hit my nutrition goals I'll make sure I'm getting into the gym doing my training me and my coach communicate very well like every day before and after every training session if things need adjusted so I'm very happy that all that I'm doing my best for that and then if I have like any extra spare time and I'm feeling well like 
I'll go see my friends. I just keep the balance so it doesn't, because I think you can run the risk of it like becoming very overpowering, getting your burnout way too soon that you get to the competition and you're useless. Like you just, you don't want to be there anymore. Like I think yeah. it's good to kind of have like a slow and steady build. So then when you get there, like you're excited, you're ready to go, like to take in the whole experience. Cause it can be quite hard weightlifting, especially there's not really like an off season. And then like see, there isn't any of that. It's just constant. So you need to know how to pick your competitions when you're going to peak. And yeah, yeah it's just a big learning learning game really but i think that's a good thing that when you're at the level you're at that now you're focusing on those international competitions where i think at, at a younger level people get sucked into competing all the time and don't give themselves a really good off season to improve because they're constantly <laughs> trying to peak for a competition whereas yeah choose and what competitions you want to do yeah i was actually really bad at that i um because there's when you're new to the sport because i'm still relatively new to the competitive side of weightlifting I haven't done that many competitions so it's important you know your smaller local competitions to get involved and do them just to gain the experience like learn what works for you in the warm-up what jumps in the platform work well like things like that but I struggled with the you're not going to peak for every competition like these smaller ones you'll just be training through they'll just be like a slightly heavier training day yeah. um so I struggle getting into that mindset, but once you kind of learn, you have to pick, you know, your, I don't know, three, four competitions a year that you're going to peak for. That might even be too many. You kind of, you learn to just enjoy the slightly smaller ones and train through them and you take a lot more away from them as well, I find. Yeah. As you said, you're, you're very new in the sport, if we call it, you know, in the competitive side of things mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you think you've built that wisdom up of selecting competitions and to choose because a lot of people would um, struggle with that yeah I think honestly more my coaches to be honest mm -hmm. if it was left up to me I'd probably be doing either way too many or not enough yeah. um I do like put my whole trust into my coaches when it comes to that sort of thing and know that they're just going to make the decisions best for me. Like I'll still give my input. Like there was quite a lot of competitions between now and worlds. And we did sit down and discuss, you know, which ones do we feel like we need to do, which ones we'll maybe pass up on because you don't want to be doing too many either before like a big competition. So um. I think that's, you know, especially in an individual sport, that sort of reinforces how important it is to have a team around you whether it's a coach whether it's a training partner whether it's even friends or family that you can really trust to make those decisions and to bounce ideas off yeah no definitely um i'd be lost without my coach to be perfectly honest without getting too soppy about it um he's been an absolute godsend has got me through the last few months i would say um keeps me on the the right track knows what my goals are and knows what to do to get me there but he also I think it's important to have a coach that can look at you as like a human and yeah. not just like this robot athlete as well like he's able to see all like the factors that are going on in my life outside of my training and yeah. he's able to adjust my training and help me get work through that to be the best athlete I can and produce my best numbers on the platform so we've only been working with each other just before Commonwealth so it's exciting to see yeah. where things could potentially go yeah it's i think you hit the nail on the head there that, that approach that you aren't a robot it's not like here's your percentages you're going to hit them today because yeah. some life happens and you just you need to adapt your training nutrition and your whole life just for certain things that, that go on and i think it's really good to have a coach that understands that and is happy to work with you on that mm -hmm. yeah because like if you're as you said like if you've, you're just given your percentages and you're just told in the gym where you go do it and if you're just say whatever has happened, you're just not in the right head space or you haven't eaten well that day, whatever it may be, and you go in and you miss all the lifts, you just leave your training session so disheartened. You don't want to do it anymore. Whereas if you communicated with your coach and you were given something else, like it's never been a case of, okay, just don't go train. So it's like, right, okay, let's do this instead. You yeah. go in, you have a much better training session. Most of the time it helps because training would be like my 
escape from everything else in life so you've gone in you've had them like a few hours where you're not thinking about anything else and you just leave like much happier as well which wouldn't happen if you were going in trying to just lift things that are just too heavy for you that day yeah well that's it's an interesting because a lot of the recent program and type of research now is looking at things like auto-regulated training so you've got your percentages versus something that's a bit more like you just described where yes we have our percentages but if we don't feel up for it then we'll we can back off a little bit or make it slightly lighter or you know make it slightly light, lighter but leave more in the tank or and that actually tends to work much better than having this expectation you're going to go into the next four months and hit every single percentage because it, it just won't happen you know yeah i think you can work with it like that when you're just starting because your percentages maybe aren't as heavy or whatever it may be but as you get stronger in pb you're like 90 percent or whatever it's no longer a weight that you can hit every day for reps and sets like you're just going to be beating up your body so yeah. it's just finding that balance once you hit that certain level that you are going to have to start bringing the percentages down a wee bit start working your technique a bit more accessories all that fun stuff <laughs> it, it's it's funny because you said earlier that you're quite perfectionist in just your natural personality and you know you hit, hit a pb and it could be the ugliest lift and you're like that's a terrible lift mm. but if you're if you're lifting something that you've never lifted before it's it's not going to be pretty in most instances <laughs> most of the time though pbs i mean there's some people out there who just they'll do the prettiest pbs and i just don't know how they do it but I very rarely have a pretty PB, but it does mean then once you've hit it, you know you're strong enough to hit it. Yeah. You, you're kind of more confident to try and stick with your technique a bit more. And then you start chasing, making that PB looking nicer, more technically, like, like you know, I don't know, just your technique stronger in the lift. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you think there's anything psychologically behind knowing the weight that you have to lift that it's almost scary to lift it um sometimes I wouldn't get in my head too much about it there can be times like say say for example you were chasing your 100 clean and you just had it just psychologically 100 just became this massive number I do think then you can think say you're, you're working up you've just done say 98 and it's flew up and it's been perfect but as soon as you know 100's on the bar you just overthink it all yeah. like I do think that can happen if you're so hyper focused on a number so I think that's quite good in the sense my training my numbers are all over the place like some yeah. days I'll be lifting say clean 90 some days it'll be 92 some days 91 like they're just everywhere so you're not like hyper focused on all these yeah numbers and jumps and things like that and when it comes to competitions it's all put into my coach's hands and like you pick the numbers you put it on the bar because I don't want to have that like responsibility decision. yeah <laughs> yeah because it's it's interesting just with my sort of training background over the last number of years very much just weightlifting specific focused and like 100 kilos was always in my head that I can't get that and I can't I can't get close to it and then as soon as you get above it it's like you see it flying up yeah and I've had other stories of you know people who travel a lot and maybe they're in the uk and you go to any gym and it's all in kilos but then you go to america and it's in pounds and people think that oh i've loaded on the correct weight and then realize oh there's five or ten kilos heavier and was able to smash this out yeah it's just interesting how maybe perception of it you know plays applies a role to our performance yeah i think with weightlifting sometimes when you think okay now it's gotten to like a certain weight or it's heavier People like just change how they lift it. They think they need to, I don't know, I, I, I just don't even know. Like, they start doing weird things with their technique. And like, I've done it, we've all done it before, just because you think it's heavier, but it's only like realistically, what, five kilos heavier, if even. Yeah. So if you just keep your technique strong and trust that you're strong enough to lift it, like, that's another thing I always tell myself, like, especially on days where I'm maybe not feeling the strongest like there are just some days the weights are going to feel heavier but I always just tell myself like you've done it before you've got to trust your body you're strong enough to do it your coach wouldn't be giving you like the weights that you're being given if he didn't think you'd be able to do it so yeah. it's just also trusting your body that your body is strong enough to do the lift even when it maybe doesn't feel 
great because it's not going to feel great all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think as you said earlier that sometimes before the weight's even left the ground, you know that oh, I haven't hit this. <sighs> like some people just, maybe there's a weight in the bar and they're like, Flip, I have to be a little bit more aggressive on this. So even like the walk up to the bar being like, I'm going to rip this off the floor and not yeah. throw, it, throw the whole thing off. No, I literally have the same setup for every lift I do. Like I'll approach a 35 snatch the same way I'll approach a 90 snatch. Like nothing changes, absolutely nothing. Yeah, and that probably speaks to your perfectionist technical model. Yeah, I think it's, I could be wrong, but I do think it is like a weightlifting thing. Like everyone has their own approach. Like some people will take time approaching the bar. I've seen people will literally almost sprint to the bar and just <laughs> lift it off the floor. Like they just don't, clearly don't want to think about anything because maybe they start to overthink things. I don't know. So it is quite interesting. Like you'll see people, especially at competitions, the, the like the lifter for the three lifts will do the exact same thing every time before they lift the bar. That's quite interesting. Do you have any sort of either pre-training, pre-competition or if it's in the warm-up area of competition or even post-competition routines that you tend to follow all the time? Um, Not necessarily, I don't think. Not training-wise, anyway. Competitions, like before competing, I always just try and be calm, like stick music on, try to just not think about it, because by that point, like, it's, it's happening regardless. Like, you're not going to magically get any stronger. Like, so I try to just stay relaxed and, I don't know, just listen to music, get ready for the competition when I get there um no not written no I don't think I do actually not nothing that I do purposely maybe I do things without noticing I don't know I'll have to ask people <laughs> yeah I remember like when I was competing I used to always have a, a pre sort of the night before competition routine and even the breakfast the next morning it had to always be the same which was just a hassle and if you were traveling somewhere for a competition and the food was different and it just like it just threw your head off a little bit you know yeah something actually now that you say that I have noticed I love having cocoa pops after my weigh-ins I don't know why I just do um and I really missed it when I traveled away so I think that might be something that I'm going to start doing like for worlds there'll be cocoa pops in my suitcase 100% for after weigh-in um, but I think because it's a weight class sport it's probably a good thing not to have you know like set breakfast and night before meals because what happens if you're maybe slightly over and then you can't do that routine and then all of a sudden everything's thrown off so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's one of those ones and you know my approach to weight class sports it's very much let's make sure you're in you know as close as possible to that and constant monitoring things and yeah you can't have certain foods or you have to add in more food sometimes is the case so it is a very interesting, yeah. <laughs> a very interesting approach that we have category sport yeah no it is interesting I am definitely a fan of being able to eat breakfast before weighing if you're maybe not a morning weighing class and that's something I think we've actually achieved in my last two yeah I think I was able to eat Commonwealth sand yeah. Europeans Europeans I was actually too light wasn't I <laughs> I was yeah. having to eat a lot before weighing um but yeah that's definitely something I personally like to do I don't want to be going into weighing starving yeah that's that sort of gives people an idea of what goes into like a an international competition that it's not like you're going down the road an hour. It's you could be in a different country with no food whatsoever, even have yeah. access to food. And it's like, how do I still fuel my body without sacrificing performance at this big competition? And that can always yeah. be a challenge, can't it? Yeah, that's something I I don't really know why I wasn't expecting it at Europeans. Like I think I I don't know, it's just something I never had to deal with before. And like once I got to Europeans it being in Albania, so you didn't even have like a Tesco's down the road to go get, I don't know, your bagels, banana, whatever it is you want. And then like you have other people cooking your food. You don't really know what it is. Like you could get your dinner and then you start eating it. And you're like, Flip, this is wild salty or whatever. Like it is quite hard that way. But I've what I've learned from that is to bring a lot more food with me. Mm. Like I, I did bring like my squares bars and things like that. But next time I'll definitely have, you know, bagels, 
like just normal food even like we packets of rice pasta whatever I don't know um see what I can <laughs> figure out just so then you know it kind of takes away that stress of being, like knowing what you're eating sticking to like your same routine because then like so many people were getting like food maybe not even like food poisoning but you know like when your body's been so used to eating the same thing and then you just change but I want to jump into the Commonwealth a little bit because I don't think I've actually got a chance to speak to you no. really since then. Um, you're too busy off traveling and enjoying life. <laughs> but for a lot of people who maybe aren't aware of the, the sort of structure that goes into a competition or the, the schedule that goes in to competing at that level, generally you'll have three attempts at snatch and then three attempts at clean and jerk. And if you miss any of those, well, if you miss all three, then you don't record a weight. For Commonwealth, so you were going into the snatch. You were fine. That was secure. Clean and jerk then. I know what's coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my... My... My experience at Commonwealth lifting-wise probably wasn't my best. Um, snatch and I only got one. I was just... I came out for the first one. A bit nervous excited adrenaline was all over the show the bar is see you later yeah. and then I was able to come out and get it the second one and then the third one just went away but I I had the best warm-up like you wouldn't the performance I did on the competition platform didn't reflect my warm-up at all but that happens and then came to clean and jerk time same again warm-up felt great 102 let's go opener it's like yep sweet wait I've done in the gym so many times go out missed the jerk and I was like oh oops that's fine so it's like right nope let's go reset let's go for the second one go out missed the jerk again I was like uh oh it's gonna happen like this is awful and when you're so in weightlifting if there's nobody else calling your weight you follow yourself so you only have like two minutes so once I I did the first one had two minutes had the second one missed it and then it was going to be another two minute clock and then I was like waiting just like behind the platform. And I was like, no, I just want to stand here and just get ready to go again. And my coach then was like, right, okay. Like he just then left and he didn't come back for a bit. And then I just twigged on. I was like, he's moving me up. He's making the bar heavier. And like, it's a, he only went up one kilo. And it's like, you do that hoping somebody's then going to come out for that lift to mm. give you more time. So thankfully there was a girl who wanted 103, I think it was. So she came out and did her lift. So that bought me a wee bit more time. At the, like in that like present time, I was freaking out. It's like, I've just missed this twice and I have to go out and lift this heavier again. Like I was like, this is a big mistake. But looking back on it now, I needed that extra time to recover from it. And when I was walking out to do that lift, I, I can't even really remember what I was thinking. I think I was just like, you just got to, go for it and to see what happens and the clean look, watching it looked better but it actually felt worse mm. and I was standing there and I honestly when I was doing that jerk I wasn't sure if I was going to get it or not to be honest I've just I don't think I've ever went for a jerk so much in my life and by some miracle I was able to hold on to it and thankfully get the lift and not bomb <laughs> <laughs> but I think it a lot of people don't realize that about weightlifting that you know you, you're trying to lift a weight here that you've probably never lifted before and maybe your opener is a little bit something more familiar but it is something that you're trying to push for the, the heaviest weights that you're lifting mm -hmm. and yet you could only have two minutes between that and another lift and it's like you're already fatigued here so trying to lift it again before going back for a heavier weight that you might get a little bit more recovery from it's just like how does that feel physically on the body um honestly in competition I don't really feel too much physically it'd be more mentally especially if you've gone out and it felt heavy yeah. you then have to learn how to like you readjust your mind to think you have to go out again and not be thinking about how heavy is this going to feel yeah. um physically yeah, I just I just go like honestly I don't even feel my body half the time when I'm competing I'm just autopilot <laughs> yeah. yeah but how do you maintain that 
composure like how do you how are you able to switch things off because even something like that where you know that you've missed these two weights and then the third weight's like this is slightly heavier but how do you be like right i'm forgetting about those two previous attempts i'm just focusing on that yeah um i think you just have to keep remembering like this is what you've worked for like you know you can do it you just gotta like there's no point thinking about those last two lifts you've just missed like what what's that gonna do that's not gonna help you get this lift yeah. like so you just have to keep reminding yourself you've done the training you are strong enough to do this lift like if you're going in to do for example me in my third attempt if I'm going in and all I'm thinking about is missing those last two lifts and what I did to miss them I'm just going to do that again yeah. so I need to approach the bar thinking only of what I do to help me make my lifts that I am strong enough to do this mm. and that's how you make the list if you're going to think about the negatives and the things you were doing wrong you're just going to keep doing them yeah no I think that's that's a good take on things do you feel as if that whole competing aspect is just a blur it all just sort of went into one it does just all go into one like people like ask me questions about it all the time and I'm just like I can't even remember half the stuff like on competition day like you just especially for Commonwealth like the excitement and the adrenaline just completely took over on the day for me but I learned so like it was such an amazing experience I learned so much that's only going to make me a better lifter in the long run to take into my future competitions so it's exciting yeah definitely what's your take on sort of the warm-up area because obviously you're in a weight category and you know there's there's gonna be a lot of good athletes in that well they're, they're all good athletes because they're all competing at that international stage but there's gonna be ones who are slightly ahead someone's slightly behind does that affect you me- mentally as well when you're warming up and you can see people who are maybe just sitting around doing nothing because they're not warming mm-hmm. up until it gets heavier or how, how do you, um, how you play into things? i kind of thought that would affect me more than it does like i'm quite good when i go into competition warm-up to just focus on me this is my plan this is how we're warming up like I will just once I've lifted the bar in my warm-up I'll then sit back down and close my eyes if I feel like I need to like whatever it is just to stay focused on me and my lifting because it doesn't matter what the girl next door to me is doing whether she hasn't touched the bar yet whether she's getting ready to go out to do her lifts like that has no effect on what I'm lifting or how I'm going to lift like just because she's maybe lifting 20 kilos heavier than me I'm not going to magically put 20 kilos onto my lift just because she's doing it. So I am quite good at just staying focused on me and my lifting. And yeah, it is quite cool. It's cool in like the training hall side of things, seeing everyone lift. I would definitely get more distracted there than I would at like the competition warm-up room. Training hall, I do tend to, you know, (laughs) eyes go wandering a wee bit and you're just seeing like, oh, she's in my weight class and look at her lifting all. Like it's crazy. Like the talent in it is unbelievable i think because weightlifting is such a, a niche sport but even with where we're at there's very few people who actually do the sport itself and so you, you don't really see anyone who's above and beyond as such but you go into a training hall and there could be someone some guy who's in the 100 kilo weight category and he's putting up these weights that you're like how is that even possible yeah and like you, you'll see videos of it online but just seeing it in person is just madness you're like flip that actually is real like you yeah. are doing that fair enough <laughs> you see it's it's such a strange thing if you're not in weightlifting because it's hard to put the weights into context but mm. the thing that i always find fascinating is just the sheer speed that people move under these heavy weights like yeah it is crazy and i do think once you've tried to do it yourself you do have this like newfound respect for it you're like okay that is impressive how you're moving that weight like that yeah yeah it's no it's it, it's such a sport that's underappreciated for what it is and especially you said earlier that you know crossworders get a wee bit of into it because they have to for their, their own sport but as a sport itself it's you know it is very niche but it's also very exciting in a way because you do have that very technical aspect so you're constantly trying to refine that as, as well as getting stronger yeah i think with the crossfit side of things they forget about weightlifting has like their own set of rules in regards to like the technique and what way the lifts need to be performed and things like that because at europeans i got a no lift for my final clean and jerk 
And it was quite a harsh lift, but there was a very slight press out in my elbow. But the amount of people that messaged me being like, how was that not a lift? Like blah, 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 blah. Because I just, they don't understand that there is that role because that's from obviously CrossFit, it doesn't matter. Like just getting as up. long as the weight goes up, it's all good. Um, so yeah, there it is a very technical sport, very technical. Yeah, I think that's it was one of the one of the lifters in the Commonwealth. I'm not sure it was your weight category, but you do have to allow slightly for just individual biomechanical differences because maybe of shoulder or elbow restriction that someone can't get a full press out, but there still is very set criteria of this is a lift and this isn't a lift. Yeah, there is. Um, I don't know it completely, but there is this rule because some people just can't like lock out their arms. Like some people's arms naturally are just kind of bent. Yeah. But you have to before you lift, you have to like point to your elbows. Yeah. So the like the um referees know, um, but that even like you can't take the mickey. Like I couldn't walk out and be like yeah yeah yeah, but then go and completely lock out my arms. It's like well that's a lie. Like it's always very obvious because like their arms will be yeah like this um which i think probably makes it a wee bit harder because it's quite yeah. hard to hold the weight above your head when your arms aren't straight um so yeah there is that that role but it's not like you can't just do it for the crack you have to actually not be able to lock out your arms <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's a fascinating sport and one that i think that regardless of what sport you're in trying it for a while Will will probably benefit your own sport anyway, but it'll just give you a, a newfound appreciation of it is a sport by itself. Yeah, there is a lot. Like a lot of people do tend to do a lot of Olympic lifting to help their mm. sport, which I didn't really know until I started like obviously doing the sport and noticing like a lot of like you know track and field athletes they'll do a lot of like power movements, like a lot of like power yeah. claims things like that. Um, so it is it's a very widely used sport and I think maybe that can sometimes take away that it is its own individual sport as well no definitely um I appreciate your time and everything that you shared today but I want to finish on one last question if that's okay okay yeah what's been your proudest moment as an athlete Ooh quite a loaded question um <laughs> probably i probably have two answers like in weightlifting i think it's fair to say my proudest has probably been qualifying and going to the commonwealth games like just being able to take part in a multi-sport competition was pretty cool and i do think like commonwealth is probably on every athlete's bucket list within their sport to go to if their sport allows it probably takes the second step from the olympics then i think just like as an athlete in general i'm just quite proud of how i'm like learning to manage athlete life and normal life and being dedicated to my sport but not then shutting out you know friends family because it is it's hard to find that balance but i think it's important too because i could very easily only do my weightlifting and not like not have any friends not go to like family events but then what happens after training like <laughs> weightlifting's like can't lift until um well I mean you can I know people who are still lifting when they're like 70 but not to like the same extent so I think I'm just quite proud of how I am learning to do all that um yeah no perfect I think that's great I think the Commonwealth will be everyone's, but yeah, just being able to balance life, I think. Sometimes I think athletes are viewed as these like superhuman people, but really your everyday people while trying to compete to the best level in your support, so being able to balance that is something to be really proud of. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's even like making sure you're surrounded by people who see you as, you know, Hannah and not just like a weightlifter is very important as well. Like they can talk to you about things outside of training like because I definitely have people in my life who do just see me as a weightlifter and all we'll speak about is training which is fine but I think it's important then to have other people who yes are interested in how your sport's going and understand it's a big part of your life but to also then ask and care about everything else going on in your life as well 
sounds like a good place to wrap up. Hannah, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Complete Performance Podcast with your host, Dr. Josh Williamson. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Hannah today and can take away some of the lessons to help improve your daily performance. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rate and review. To catch all the videos from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Dr. Josh Williamson, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.